talks better than this guys being dudes here on the mm. draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino kyle Krabs, and chris schubert logan the cat he's off today and we are your hosts here on this friday episode of the show want to shout out our guys peacock and williamson part of the locked on podcast network a great national nfl show if you're listening uh, if you're looking for more nfl content to listen to kyle happy friday to you happy friday joseph I'm excited for the Friday free-for-all today, personally. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great time. We all sound like we have three pretty good topics to bring to the table here. So um, yeah, we don't know so. what they are. So, I think so. Yeah. Who goes first? Not I. All right. Well, I'll go first. So this, this Sunday night, 8 o'clock, my dynasty fantasy football keeper league is having the rookie draft. And I know that nobody cares – about your fantasy team. I, I fully believe that, but I think this is a topic that is interesting for everyone because I hold three first round picks. I have wow. picks four, five, and 12. Yeah. The reason I own uh, three first round picks is I have my own. And next year I own three first round picks as well. That's because Tua tongue of Iloa and miles Gaskin, I shipped them off for four first round picks two this year and two next year. And so uh, uh, that that's what landed me these picks, but, this, this keeper league is quarterback driven. It's two quarterbacks uh, you can play and they are just everybody. It's a premium, right? You, you want to have quarterbacks. And so owning pick four and five, I fully intend on drafting two quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round. So my question for the panel here is how do you stack the five rookie quarterbacks in terms of fantasy football dynasty keeper league? I have my thoughts because I've been, you know, preparing, but I, I'd be interested in kind of seeing how you guys stack them, you know, one through five. A little TDN fantasy vibe here. Yes. I like it. I like it. Um, so I guess which, which I, mm, okay. So Trey Lance <laughs> is the first name that comes to mind because you feel good about a situation in San Francisco, but then you think about how often they run the football and if they're going to be good, they won't be passing late in games. So you're not going to be like garbage time Bortles, like, and (laughs) back in the the game with the Packers. Right. But yeah. So your logic's like, well, I feel best about like Lance going to San Francisco and working with Kyle Shanahan from a player success rate, but player success rate to fantasy football is not the same thing. Different lens here. Right. So I guess my question for you, Joe, is you, you have picked four and five. Mm-hmm. What's your gauge on the three people in front of you? Are they taking quarterbacks? Oh, I guarantee the first, the first, well, here's the thing is I own pick five and I'll tell you my strategy in a minute, but I feel very certain that the first three picks will be quarterbacks. Okay. So then you have to then decide of the following three quarterbacks I'm going to name, which two you feel most comfortable with. Correct. Justin but Fields, I think Trey Lance, Mac Jones, because you're getting two of them. You're exactly right. Now, I do you want to know my rankings and you guys can go from there because I sure. feel like you I've had time to think about this and you guys are like a Trevor's little bit one. It's Trevor, Trevor's one. It, it's Trevor Lawrence one and it's Zach Wilson two because they're good. Mm-hmm. No, it is. No, it's no, not. It's not. It's not Zach Wilson two. Chris is devastated. I just don't know. I, no, I just don't understand the logic here, gentlemen. I think there's a lot of risk associated with his transition from BYU behind that very sturdy offensive line, the style of play that he has translating that to the NFL level, the bright lights of New York. 
organization that hasn't done well to build around, you know, quarterbacks when they draft them. I think it's fair to have some concerns here. Plus this guy really, you know, 2018 and 2019 happened for Zach Wilson. I I don't question the pick. I'm just trying to, you know, for fantasy purposes where, you know, I I really want to hit on this pick. Zach Wilson is not two and he's not three for me. Chris is beside himself, but But that's fine. We can all have a right. You are right. I have a Trevor Lawrence at one. Trey Lance at two. Let me tell you why I went with Mm. Trey Lance. Uh, Look, there has been moments where CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins have looked like competent quarterbacks in that system. So I am excited about the dual threat ability, Kyle Shanahan, the staying power, right? Like I I feel like he's going to be there. Then I have Justin Fields. Then I have Zach Wilson. Then I have Mac Jones. I would probably have it the same, but maybe give Fields the bump over Lance from a fantasy perspective, because you're going to Chicago, which you still have to deal with green Bay and say what you will about the Aaron Rodgers situation. But like, they're still good. Minnesota is a competitive football team. Um, This is one of my deciding factors of why I went Lance over fields for fantasy. The other thing is Chicago, windy city, late season fantasy playoffs. Like is, is that going to be, a problem in terms of being able to throw the football and, and pick up those big, you know, those big games that I'm looking for in the playoffs. Well, and then there's also the, the running, what's the, the running value for quarterbacks you get extra, or is it just yeah. like stock versus what you get for no, running? having a running quarterback certainly gives you more fantasy value. No, I mean, but like from a points perspective, do they score it differently or is it the same? It's the same as like running back numbers, yeah. okay. 25 yards per point. So and, then yeah. maybe we take a little icing off the cake there, but at the same time, yeah, Trey Lance is going to give you probably the most there in that offense. Okay. So you have it. Lawrence Lance. You've Fields. talked me into Lance at two, but okay, Lawrence, Wilson and then Jones that you're there yes. with me. And it, it, Chris, it, Certainly, I'm and you're more dialed in into fantasy than we are. I'm out. I'm out on this conversation. I, I need your take. Slander that's being you do, thrown. You Zach actually Wilson's do way. some fantasy work. I mean, Dude. Kyle and I are just football guys that happen to have fantasy football teams, and neither yeah. of us are very good at it. So, yeah, I'd I, like to hear your take. I, I, I Trevor Lawrence is clearly the number one. Um, I just think his situation is going to dictate a ton of opportunities, and I think in particular year one this season. They're going to be behind a lot. And they're going to throw the ball a lot until they figure this thing out. So he's going to have a ton of opportunities to put up numbers. And listen, I have Zach Wilson too, because I just think, again, he's going to have an opportunity to start right away compared to those other guys. And so he's going to be more accustomed to what his offense is going to look like. I like what they've done to build around him. And then I would have Trey Lance three because of the situation in San Francisco. I think there's a higher upside there. There's the question mark of when does he start, right? Joe, you're, you know, you want to start two quarterbacks this year, but one of the guys you might take, if you take Trey Lance, he might not play right away, right? You might have to wait. And that's fine. I have, I have Tannehill and Baker Mayfield as my two starting quarterbacks. So I feel good about those as high floor options. Wait, so you have Baker and Tannehill and you're considering taking two quarterbacks. Yes, because they're in the market and then you can trade them if you don't. Yeah, I I flipped Tua for four first round picks, brother. I'm here to tell you, you're not getting a talent of Tua at picks four and five. Listen, so here's here's my caveat with my strategy. Now that we've kind of disclosed our rankings, I will take two quarterbacks if and only if one of them is not Mac Jones. Well, then you pick another, find another player that you like. I do. It's Jamar Chase. Okay, that's a good player to like. So I have those four quarterbacks, then it's Jamar Chase, 
excuse me, it's Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Kyle Pitts. Would you go it's Najee over Jamar? Yeah. I have really good receivers. I, I'm chasing over, the bell over Najee. Ooh, I think for I my team, Chris for my team. Side. Yeah, I, for I, my team. If no, I had the no, number the one strategy pick, is pick good players. That's yeah, strategy. Yeah, pick good players. But if I had the number one pick in a rookie redraft, it would be Jamar Chase. In a P, in a full PPR format, I would take Jamar that's, Chase number one and, overall. And, and it is, and that's why I think I'm going to come away with two of those quarterbacks because you think somebody in that top four is going to be like, I can't pass on Jamar Chase or Kyle or Pitts. Najee Harris. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. All right, so there, that's my game that's on. My big to do. Yeah. This is, you got, keep exciting. us updated. Can we get an update yeah. on this? Uh, it's so it's a slow draft. It starts Sunday night. Um, I'll let you guys know how it goes. Okay, appreciate it. Is bet there online. anything? I was just gonna say. Yeah. Before you tell everybody at our friends over Bet Online. Yeah. Is there nothing worse than the slow draft? And like, you're out to dinner with your wife. Oh no! Yeah. And the ping start. Hey, you're on the clock. You're like, listen, guys, <laughs> okay. can't make the pick right now. Okay. The well, picks will be there when I get back, right? The good you news is four hours? Four, it's four rounds and I only have three picks and they're one, they're, they're four, five and 12. So we'll be done pretty quickly. I'm, yeah. My, my, my participation is going to be over pretty quick. Good so. for you. Yeah. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds and info for all your sporting needs including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, what we're going to do, the TDM Premium Slack, which is one of the, the features of being a, a premium member. It's a Slack channel with a bunch of football crazies, and we're in there, and we get to interact with everybody on a daily basis. I, they triggered me, I think it was this morning, either this morning or yesterday in the morning. So what I want to do is I want to go through and confirm every team's starting quarterback that you guys – want to say agreeable like for week one. Oh wow. Okay. okay. So Josh Allen for Buffalo. Yeah. Sure. Tua yeah. Tung Tua Tungavello for yeah. Miami. Yeah. Cam Cam Newton for New England. Yes. Yeah. Zach Wilson for the Jets. Yes. Yes. Okay. Lamar Joe Burrow Baker Mayfield Ben Roethlisberger in the North. Correct? Agreed. Yes. Okay. Ryan Tannehill, Trevor Lawrence, Carson Wentz, Tarod Taylor in the AFC South. Agreed. Yes. Drew Locke, Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Justin Herbert. Yep, I don't yes. see where there's where there's a conversation here. Dak wait Prescott, for this. Daniel Jones, Jalen Hurts, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Agreed. Yes. Kirk Cousins, Aaron Rodgers, Jared Goff, Andy Dalton. Yes. Yes. Andy Dalton is the week one starter for the Chicago yeah. Bears. Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, Taysom Hill, Tom Brady. I could be convinced it's Jameis. And as, but... as could I. Okay, yeah. so let's let's put Jameis in there instead of Taysom Hill. That's fine. That kind of feeds into what I'm going for anyway. Kyler, Matt Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, Russell Wilson. Yes. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a top blank starting quarterback in the NFL. 15. I was going to say top 20, but Joe, I'll go with Joe. Top 15. These kids told me Ryan Fitzpatrick was a bottom four starter in the oh, no, 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 no. I said, what are you talking about? Oh, no, bottom four. What are you talking about? No. Oh, no. No. I no. was 
mortified. No. I'm like, you guys haven't watched him since 2013 in Buffalo, have you? Right. And even then he was still probably top 20. No. So like this, this is this is a bad take. So and I got to thinking, and I'm like, there's this whole like hee-haw, like clown car. He's better than two quarterbacks in his own division. I understand that. And, and that's kind of what I want to get into, but it's like, there's this whole clown car perception of Ryan Fitzpatrick, as far as like being the, the King stooge that goes out there and plays crazy. (laughs) And then he gets pulled and like, then he's on to the next team and the same song and dance happens again. But I really feel like that perception of Ryan Fitzpatrick has been facilitated by him getting bounced from team to team short-term because he's older as a quarterback. Right, right. You go back to when he played at Houston, which I think, you know, he had the years with Chan Gailey and Buffalo didn't work out all that well. They had two, six and 10 starting seasons. And then he goes to Tennessee for a year. And then he goes to Houston. He started 12 games that year. He was six and six. Uh, he had a 17 to eight touchdown to interception ratio. He had a quarterback rating of 95 that year, but he was 32 years old. Nobody's going to commit to a 32, 33 year old veteran. So then he goes to the jets the following year. And he goes 10 and six and he passes for nearly 4,000 yards, more than twice as many touchdowns as interceptions, quarterback rating of 88, et cetera, et cetera. It, it was his career high in AV according to pro football reference, 13 good numbers. Now then there was the dumpster fire in with the jets in 2016. And that whole team was horrible as a 34 year old quarterback. So then he goes to Tampa. He's better than Jameis when he's on the roster yep. in Tampa. Yep. He far outproduces Jameis but he has the one game in which he threw however many interceptions and he gets pulled and they stay with Jameis. And then he goes to Miami and has his last two years in Miami, uh, which was some of his best work if we're being completely honest. But this whole perception of the Ryan Fitzpatrick, like Fitz tragic cycle, I think really needs to be reinspected because like when he got benched, like I wrote something for, Dolphins wire that was like, thank you, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Last two years, last year and a half of used to being a starting quarterback. Uh, very clearly formative on this young team. And he plays his ass off and he plays yeah. super hard and he's super smart. But it's another example of a team that doesn't commit to Ryan Fitzpatrick because he's right. 38 years old. It's like he's he's been good. He's been a good starting quarterback going back to like the year with Houston in 2014 and 2016 with the or 2015 with the jets. And then when he started in Tampa, he was good. And when he started in Miami, he was good. Here's what I want to do. Let's throw out the three teams that we think are going to have rookie starting quarterbacks, Jacksonville, the jets. And is that it? Wait, that we only had two, two. week one. Okay. Yeah, so two. we had Jimmy Garoppolo and yeah. then we had Andy Dalton. So for this season, I'm going to tell you every team that I would take Ryan Fitzpatrick, over their projected yeah. week one starting quarterback. Yep. I take him over Cam. I take him over Ben Roethlisberger. Absolutely. I take him over Tyrod Taylor. I take him over Carson Wentz. Right now, yes. Absolutely. I take him over Drew Locker, Teddy Bridgewater. I take him over Daniel Jones. I take him over Jalen Hurts. I take him over Andy Dalton. I'm taking him over Kirk Cousins. Don't you hesitate. Kirk Cousins, I agree. And I take well, that, him over That's two out of three. I, 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 that's fine. You guys are firm there. Yes, Goff yep. will take Goff still, right? That's 10 already, so he's a top okay. 10 quarterback. I take, I take Fitz over Goff, yes. Okay. 
We're keeping Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan stay. Fine. Take him over Sam, Sam Darnold. Okay. Take him over Jameis. Jameis or Taysom Hill. I don't care right. which one it is. Okay. I'm keeping Kyler Stafford. Garoppolo. I'm taking him over Garoppolo. Yes. So, so how many is that? He's like he's like seven. He's like sixteen or seventeen. He's right where we said he was. So we admitted we admitted how many? Thirteen. Two. We so admitted took, two teams because so they're the rookie quarterbacks. He's seventeen. Yeah. Or sixteenth technically. There's thirteen guys behind him. <laughs> I don't want to say. I mean, it's exactly where we thought he w- he was when we started this conversation. So the, that's one that's one of the things that that I'm hoping to do this off season is is kind of write something up and do like one of those deep dive film studies on fits. But like, there's some pretty eye opening numbers since 2018, right? Which was his last year in Tampa. Uh, this is from Hayden Winks over at Underdog Fantasy. Ryan Fitzpatrick is fourth in success rate amongst 45 quarterbacks that qualified as starting quarterback since 2018. He's ninth in yards per attempt. He's 12th in EPA per drop back. He's 13th in completion percentage over expected. Mm. And he's 18th in fantasy points per game out of 45 qualifying quarterbacks since 2018. On top of when you watch him play and like, Numbers aren't everything. I get it. But like, if you go back to when he was the starter at Houston, he's plus 41 in the touchdown to interception ratio is 117 uh, touchdowns. And he has uh, 60, 60 something interceptions. I don't remember which, what exactly that number was because I've moved on and already pulled a bunch <laughs> of other numbers. Um, his QBRs out of, which is the ESPN metric that's meant to kind of quantify like game situation where like, if you throw an interception down two touchdowns in the final three minutes of the game, you don't lose the same amount of credit that you Mm -hmm. would lose. If you were throwing an interception up a touchdown with three minutes left in the same game situation, Uh, his QBRs since 2014 with Houston was 61, 62, 39, which was the disaster year in, in New York with the Jets, 58, 61, 68, 76.9. He led the league in yards per attempt on 250 pass attempts, and he started half the season. Um, he's going to throw you some boneheaded picks. I get it. He's going to miss some throws because he's super bouncy and loose in the pocket, and he's kind of got that that – Ricky Vaughn wildness Hmm. about him in the pocket. I get it. (laughs) He'll miss throws that drive you nuts. He'll predetermine throws because he knows what the pre-snap looks is. And he thinks he's got you, but they're playing games with him against elite defenses. I get it. He's a limited quarterback, but how many quarterbacks are also limited that go in that same bucket. And I would rather have a guy who knows what's going on every single snap at the line of scrimmage Complete mastery of the offense. Play super loose. Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the most disrespected quarterbacks in recent, the last three, four years because of the perception when he was in St. Louis and then he was in Cincinnati and then his first year in Buffalo. Those three years, which was three of his first five years that he was in the NFL, he threw more interceptions than touchdowns in all three of those seasons. Also, going back to like the early 2000s. 
the argument has never been that like Ryan Fitzpatrick is this MVP caliber quarterback. Like it feels as though if you come to the defense of Ryan Fitzpatrick, people come out, what do you mean? He's a top 16 quarterback. Okay. Top 16 is not like this, right. this mantle that nobody yeah. can get into. Like I just That's like tier four or five. Of well, yeah, like I, right? don't, yeah. I don't think anyone is claiming. And if they are, I disagree with them that he's an MVP candidate, yeah. but is he better than what Washington have? Yes. Is he good enough to lead that team with that roster to a, to a division title in a division that's right for that. It's absolutely right for them to thrive in. Yes. I don't think that's outlandish to say any of those things. that's a good point that you make there about that 15, 16 range, because as I kind of snuck in there, the tiering, those tiers are small. You know what I mean? Like there's like the Mahomes Brady tier. That's two players. That's tier one, right? Right. You have like this next tier. I'm not going to put names in there, but they're small, right? So when you get to 15 or 16, it's like tier five, potentially tier six. And then that's where it gets crowded and you could slot them in any different, like, I mean, we, we had some discourse about uh, Kirk cousins and I think Kirk cousins is a Kirk cousins is the dry unbuttered toast version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's just not as, he's just not as flashy. So he gets away with it. No one criticizes him the way they criticize Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, that's a great way to put it, Kyle. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the planet. They have so many amazing flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and they're easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but it's good for you. Built Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you got to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and perfect for anyone who is on the keto diet. You know we have a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. I believe Chris said he had something to finish with. Uh, I did. Did Are we done with Ryan Fitzpatrick? Kyle, you looked like you were still kind of steaming about I was, it. So. No, I was just getting ready to say, like, Kirk Cousins is vanilla ice cream and Ryan Fitzpatrick is, like, either the rainbow sherbet or, like, I don't know what's the most like flashy ice cream. I didn't I didn't want to go and plant my flag in the ground for like a really popular flavor because I know ice cream flavors is inviting a lot of discourse to yes. uh, <laughs> derail the end of the show. Yes, and I'm not interested in doing that. So let's just say like the the brightest ice cream flavor, you know, and Kirk is very, 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 very vanilla. Called him the unbuttered toast. <laughs> the unbuttered toast version of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So the thing that I had that I wanted to bring to your guys' attention, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but I'd love your thoughts on the way schematically this will work. But Juju was on, I believe it was Adam Schefter's podcast, and I can see Kyle already rolling his eyes, which means I picked a good one here. And he said that you'll be seeing him play more outside in 2021. And I was reading a story on Pro Football Talk. I think 80% of his snaps last season came inside the slot. So I guess the conversation for you guys is when he re-signed there, everybody was a little critical of, man, 
You didn't thrive in that offense a year ago. Big Ben's not getting any younger. You only signed a one-year deal. How are you really going to improve your value and really showcase to the rest of the league, you know, what you are and potentially cash in with your next contract? And maybe he got assurances from them that they will use him differently than they did in 2020. But I guess schematically, your guys' takeaways from him saying that, could they do that? Is that realistic? Um, if that was the precedent that Juju came back on, then that's very dumb to say, Hey, yeah, here's a handshake agreement. We're going to play outside this year. Thanks for coming back for on a one year, $7 million deal, which I think Mm -hmm. is what he signed. Uh, hope not. Here's the issue though. He took 798 snaps in the slot two in the backfield and 209 lined up out wide. So it's going to be hard for him to take less snaps outside than, than what he did this past year. The problem is the way the offense is layered, and, and I'm sure we'll get tabbed Steelers haters again, Joe, like we did the other day. Right. But this offense is limited. And you think about where Juju was at his best – and who else was around him and how Ben played the game when Juju was putting up 1400 yards or whatever it was. And it's like, that's gone. The, that will not be back with the way this roster is currently constructed. So it's not about where he lines up because I still don't think he's necessarily the kind of dynamic athlete that's going to be able to win and separate consistently outside anyway, against longer, more fluid physical cornerbacks uh, that are bigger anyway. It's more about, you know, can you get somebody to help stretch and space the field for them to then use his size in the slot, break a tackle and create after the catch. And like, nobody's playing Pittsburgh that way. It's just not going to happen. You don't have to respect it. Right. Like, right. Their, their, their offense is so it's like in a box in this, this is very small box within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, because you know, Ben's just not himself anymore. And unless he somehow comes back with more mobility and more arm talent than we saw last year, I think it's going to continue to be this Ben Roethlisberger, put your back foot in the ground and, and rip it. <laughs> rip it's probably a generous way to, to say the, the, the you know, what uh, type of spin Roethlisberger could put on the ball at this point in his career. So I, I do think, I think that, Ben Roethlisberger and the style of play that this offense has had to adopt limits a player like Juju who made some really exciting plays down the field and in contested situations back when Ben was Ben and Antonio Brown was commanding, you know, his share of the, the attention from the coverage. So uh, inside outside, I'm not sure it's going to matter. I think the bigger thing for them is what is Ben capable of and what, what can they actually do offensively? within the limitations of Ben Roethlisberger. I have one more thing for you guys. Yes. I want to read this statistic to you that I saw today. This is, this wasn't a full segment thing. So I'm glad we're, we're doing this here at the end. Uh, this is from John Makota. I'm absolutely butchering his last name, but it's neither here nor Very there. Very rude of you. Years since a team won that division in back-to-back seasons. The AFC West, 
zero years since the Chiefs are reigning champs. AFC North, one year. The AFC South, one year. The AFC East, one year. The NFC North, zero years. The NFC South, zero years. The NFC West, two years. You see in the theme here, there's a lot of consistency in these divisions. The NFC East has gone 16 years since a team that won the division in back-to-back seasons. Wow. Could it happen this year? Could the streak be broken? Yes. Oh, I think all three of us are predicting Washington Plant to win the division. My flag in the ground. Let's go. Yeah. Our football team, Joe, just like last year. Uh, yeah, I was on the wrong side of that. Yeah, you, you put your flag in the ground for the New York Giants. I did. How dumb. So stupid. God, I'm so stupid. Uh, <laughs> how, about, how about Mike Hughes getting traded since we have a few minutes here at the end? What are, what are our thoughts? Joe? It was, it was a trade that happened. Yes. It, it, you know, Mike Hughes has always been so random to me because it's like, I never understood why he was a first round pick. I never viewed him as a first round pick. Then he becomes a first round pick. He's you know, pretty quiet career. A lot was he of 19, 2019, uh, 2018, 2018. Uh, yeah. So 30th overall. And um, now you, now I guess I kind of have, he's only 24 years old. He, he's young. Um, now you kind of worry that, well, did the chiefs get something here? Like, you know, for a bag of peanuts, Mike Hughes in a, a seven for a six or something like that, I think was, was ultimately the deal. Um, so I am nervous that he goes to Kansas city and winds up being a meaningful player, but he's always been, he's always been a strange guy for me in terms of where he was drafted and, you know, what he's done so far in the league. My comp from that year was Kevin Johnson. Who's career trajectory kind of mirrored at least early on, right? He, Kevin Johnson was another first round guy and uh, never really lived up to it. But like that wiry frame, I think is probably the best way to put it. He was five, 10 and one eight, 189 pounds, uh, 38, eight in the arms. So he didn't even have 30 inch, 31 inch arms. So he wasn't, wasn't particularly wrong. He ran four, five, three. It's like, you look at the resume and it's like, okay, this guy can kind of came out of nowhere to get drafted in the first round. Yeah. And so many times when that happens with a guy, it's like, okay, like he blew up the, the pre-draft process. Didn't. Mike Hughes didn't blow up the pre-draft process. Right. <laughs> He's a small corner right. that didn't have any length. So it was always kind of weird. And they, they got bit with McKenzie Alexander too, didn't they? Like McKenzie came on late yeah. before he moved on but he was like the bee's knees for a while too. Or I remember him in that year that Mackenzie Alexander came out. Everybody loved Mackenzie Alexander. Yeah. The Vikings and corners have been a little bit strange outside of Xavier Rhodes. Um, Trey Waynes gave him a nice little run, but it's, it feels like they've tried to. But add Trey was, to a, it. was a late bloomer. And that's true. Trey was another guy that needed time. And yeah. you know, if you've got job security, that's something that's a luxury, but yeah, I mean the, the Mike Hughes thing and, what was the risk for Kansas City to do this? Absolutely nothing. Let, let me uh, let me throw this out there, as I have no idea how to shut off the ring on my computer where my phone is just also click connected. Click the decline button. There or, it is. Or you just, could just answer the call here on the show and just Ky- see if you Kyle see what has done that. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. Um, you see these comments from Teddy Bridgewater? He winds yes, up. Uh, uh, he's like, I'm not going to throw a bunch of stuff out here. I have here let me, let me throw a bunch of stuff out here. I have the quote. He's on a podcast, all things covered podcast with Patrick Peterson and Bryant McFadden. He says, quote, I'll just say this for Joe Brady's growth. That organization 
they'll have to practice different things in different ways. One thing we didn't do much of when I was there, we didn't practice two minutes, really. We didn't practice red zone. You walk through red zone stuff, and then Saturday you come out and practice red zone, but you'd only get like 15 live reps. Guys' reps would be limited. I'd be interested in finding out if anyone can, can affirm that. I mean, Matt Rule's come out and commented on it and said, I'm not getting into specifics on our process. That's specific to us, but I feel good about our preparation and the amount of work our coaches uh, put into uh, and the amount of work our put. You left out the in. best part. What was it? Because Teddy, when he got done saying that, he said, you know, I could sit here and bring this up and bring that up about my oh. time there, but I'm not that kind of guy. And it's like, dude, you literally just did it. <laughs> you literally just passively threw that out there, knowing full well that everybody's going to pick up on that and be like, what the hell? They didn't practice two minute in red zone. That's like, I think it was McFadden said like, dude, that was, that was all Thursday's practice in its entirety was two minute in red zone. Yeah. I practice that. Odd. Odd. Pulling for Teddy. You think Teddy ends up beating out Drew Locke? Yeah, I do. But I mean, Carolina made Teddy Bridgewater a, a rich, rich man with that they contract. Didn't. They did. Good luck explaining why they gave him that contract though. I uh, listen, good money. If you can find it. The only person I think who was down was Marty Herney, right? <laughs> oh, Marty Herney. Oh, boy. Well, that's that's another week of the draft dudes in the books. We hope you guys enjoyed this Friday free-for-all. A little bit of everything. Bringing you plenty of action. Standing Ryan Fitzpatrick and talking Teddy Bridgewater, as all people should, on May 14th of any offseason. <laughs> talking about... Uh, a couple of quarterbacks across the league and, and other action as it unfolds. We will have full slate all off season long, Monday through Friday. So you're going to make sure you hit subscribe on the podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs with Chris Schobert, Joe Marino. Thanks as always for listening to the draft Dudes podcast.